0: Gather again
1: about that. Again, welcome to everyone who is joining us online, and uh, thank you so much uh, for for being here with us. Those of you that are joining us in the sanctuary, we're excited. It just feels so good, amen, already this morning, just to be able to be back together, worshiping together. Again, I know that we're taking measures and social distancing and all that stuff, but um, those that are here, um, amen, it's good to be here. Those of you that are joining us online, we're glad you're still joining us. Um, And one day we'll all be able to get together, and whoa, what a time it's going to be, amen? Amen. I just got a few quick announcements uh, that I'm going to make this morning, and then we'll turn it over to Brother Cain to open the service for us. Uh, First announcement is that there's no Spanish service this evening. It is Memorial Day weekend, and so uh, the Spanish will not be having service this evening, um, so everyone can spend time with their families. Wednesday night, 7.30, is Bible study. Thursday night at 7.30 is our Spanish Bible study. Saturday morning men's and ladies prayer at 8 a.m. The ladies prayer will still be conducted on zoom although you could join us here at the church if you would like to Um, And uh, men's prayer will be here at the church on Saturday the 30th. That's this coming Saturday We're having a food drive right here at our church at 517 Farmington Avenue all food is going to be going to food share Um, And so we'd like for you to see sister Ellen or brother Gerard or brother and sister Rosa if you have uh, Any questions about that? Um, It's going to be done in a drive-through manner So basically anyone who uh, wants to uh, drop off food will will bring it and it'll be unloaded right there And it'll be taken care of that way Um, So pass the word Uh, you can bring food um, right here next Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Again 10 a.m. To 2 p.m. and all the food will be going to Food Share that does distribute food here through um, in, in Plainville and in New Britain and in different places in the in the community. And so we want to be able to uh, bless our community um, and uh, take uh, the blessings that God has given us and extend it out to the community. Amen. And so we thank you for those that are that are taking care of that. Also, this coming Sunday, not obviously not today, but the following Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, Sunday the 31st. Um, And we're going to be having a guest speaker, Reverend Reverend, uh, Garnett Martin, is going to be here. Again, Reverend Garnett Martin is going to be here preaching for us. He's preached for us before. He's from Grace and Glory in Enfield, and we are looking uh, forward to an amazing time. Um, Again, we'll be having our service here at the church, and uh, we'll be live streaming as well, which we'll continue to do for the foreseeable future. Um, but we're, we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Those of you that like to join us We still have to maintain the 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 cap of 50 here in the sanctuary. We also have an overflow room um, So it'll be first-come first-served just like it was today, but anybody that wants to come um, Try to get here. We'll, we'll find a place for you if we can um, And if uh, if you feel sick or whatever then make sure you stay home if if you've been exposed or think you've been exposed then stay home and join us live or uh, however that may go. If you don't feel comfortable coming, then again, join us live stream. There also, remember our Facebook page. Um, Visit it every single day if you can. Um, Monday through Friday, we have people doing devotions. Different people in the church are doing devotionals, and I have just absolutely enjoyed all the devotions that, that have gone through, and we appreciate everyone who has, who has done devotional videos for us, and it's just been a great time for us to get together a little bit and connect on a daily basis. And unfortunately... Uh, because of all of the uh, guidelines and COVID-19, we're unable to have our Memorial Day picnic today um, that we normally would have. Uh, but try to enjoy the time with your family and uh, maybe a few close friends if you're going to get together and, and just be safe. But uh, enjoy the time, rest, and, and um, we're able to do these things um, because we do have freedoms. Um, and that's what Memorial Day is all about. Those who have sacrificed and paid the ultimate price for, uh, for the freedoms that we have. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, Uh, but happy Memorial Day and enjoy it uh, because it's it's just a great privilege and a right that we have in this country to be able to celebrate. Um, If you have not been getting our updates via text or email, please contact us at either pastor at nbupc.org or church at nbupc.org so that we can uh, update your email address or your phone number so that you can get our updates. Also, those that want to give tithes and offerings, um, but you don't have cash on you, you don't, don't practice carrying cash or whatever, you can go to our website. If you're not here with us um, and, and you'd like to give, um, then uh, you can still go to nbupc.org, which is our website, or you can go to our app that's on Tithely. Um, you can go to Tithely and search for the Pentecostals of New Britain. It'll come up, and you can give that way as well. It is secure. It's safe to do. And so go ahead and do that if you would. Um, also if you know of people who have a special if you have a special prayer request or somebody has a special prayer request, you can send that prayer request to us to uh, the email address prayer at nbupc.org. Again, that's prayer at nbupc.org. If someone that you know has need of extra care or you have need of extra care, whether it be a hospital visit or a uh, just need food dropped off or need any any kind of special need or whatever, you can send an email to care at nbupc.org. Again, that's care at nbupc.org. Amen. Amen. Are we ready to have church today? Why don't you stand to your feet? Brother Cain is coming. He's going to open the service. Let's praise the Lord as he comes.
2: Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a little bit more praise thank you lord jesus oh you're almighty god thank you lord we can be here and gather together lord again oh thank you for your love god thank you for salvation jesus amen well it's wonderful to to come together and also during this time i'm sure we've had some ups and downs but it's a good time to learn more about god When there's downs, you learn more things or you learn some things about God you might have learned when you were up. And so we all take it with a stride and we continue to grow in God. But if you'd like to turn to your Bibles, to the book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 24. We're going to open up our service there. Again, that's Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 24. Amen. And the Bible reads, Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, you could say, that's me, that's us. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I'm just thankful that God gave us a way of escape out of this life of sin. And we have to continue to take up our cross and follow him. No matter what we're going through, if it's painful, if it's pleasant, if it's not pleasant, we have to continue to move forward. So let's continue to follow God. And on top of that, we can make it. We can all make it. We can get through anything. It may look bad, but that's all right. That just means God's going to reveal himself more in a greater way, that the miracle is going to be wonderful that's going to be arise. And on top of that, what a glorious reward we have at the very end of our life to live with God forever, for all eternity, to be in God's presence. What a wonderful thing. Amen. So let's pray this morning that we be ready for God's return, that we get the strength we need, we remain faithful, we be able to uh, live the word of God and help many other souls on this earth to, to make that right choice to live with God forever. So let's all pray together. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. We thank you for a good weather, God, and this service, God. We ask you to use it, Lord, to prepare us to till our, the hearts, the soil of our heart, God, and our mind, and refresh us, Lord, and strengthen us, that we be ready for your return, Lord, when you come in the clouds, God. And we all lift up from this earth, Lord, and reunite with you, and live for you and for all eternity. We ask, God, that we have ears to hear your words, God, and we ask for understanding when you speak, God, that we don't just hear, but we understand what you tell us and what you speak to us. And we ask, Lord, that even those that are in their homes or that are watching that are not here present, God, that your presence will manifest there, Lord, that you will put things back together, God. You would reunite families, Lord. You refresh minds that may be confused or hurting or wounded, Lord, that your sweet, soothing, healing presence, Lord, will sweep in that place. And you would change it, Lord. you change the heart. you change the mind, God. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, God. We're so very thankful, God, you've kept us through this time, Lord. And whatever else may come our way, we know and we trust in you, Lord, that you're going to take care of us, God. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this great and wonderful kingdom. And we just ask you bless this service and you bless us today, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to praise and worship, God.
3: Let's clap our hands unto the Lord today. Lord Jesus, you're worthy of the praise. You're worthy of the glory. You're worthy of all the honor. We worship you, Jesus. And it's so good to see some faces here this morning. It's a few of us, but I got so emotional when I started seeing people come in. (laughs) You can tell I'm a people person. So it's so good to see some of your faces this morning. God is so good. Amen. The scripture that came to mind, how beautiful it is to dwell together in harmony. Again, it just, just came to me. Uh, it just brings another meaning of coming to the house of the Lord, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Amen. So beautiful to see you all. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship the Lord today. He's worthy of all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of oh God there is no one like you in all the earth oh Lord we magnify you Jesus we lift your name high O oh Lord oh we bless your name let's sing this song unto the Lord let there be glory in honor. let there be glory My, let's sing it again unto the Lord. Let there be glory, and let there be glory, and honor, and praise for You, worthy glory and honor.
1: A moment we're going to be watching a video um, it is memorial day weekend and we are celebrating memorial day which which means that we're celebrating those who gave the ultimate price for our freedoms um, there's days set aside to honor all veterans um, but the on memorial day we celebrate those who gave their lives in supporting and defending this constitution of the United States of America and the liberties it provides for us. All gave some, some gave all. This phrase has been sort of a slogan for Memorial Day for quite some time now and and rightly so because of why we celebrate Memorial Day. We're honoring and remembering those who gave all to obtain, secure, protect, defend, and preserve these liberties that we have in this great nation called the United States of America. Amen. I, I'm i thankful that Memorial Day was established to remember those who died to preserve democracy and ensure that these liberties that we enjoy today remain for all the future generations to come. Our children, their children, and their children as well. And Thank God for the blood that was spilled by those whom we remember today and for the lives they gave. I I love this country. And in the words of the old song, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right for me. And I'd gladly stand up next to you, and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. That's probably my favorite patriotic song of all time because I believe every word of it is true. It is for me anyway. We live in what I think is the greatest country on this planet. And nowhere else does freedom and liberty abound as in the United States of America. But can I remind you today, fellow American, that freedom is not free. All gave some, some gave all. The freedoms and liberties we enjoy in this nation like none other came at a price. The price was great. The price was blood. The price was sweat. The price was tears. The price was pain. The price was separation for long periods of time from family and friends. The price was long, cold nights and long, hot days. The price was agony, misery, and heartbreak. And anyone who's ever done basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky can relate to those three words, those three mountains called agony, misery, and heartbreak. But those who have fought can relate to it on an even deeper level. The price was more than you could ever imagine unless you paid it yourself. The price was high. The price was, for many, those we celebrate this weekend, The price was life itself, some gave all. The beauty of it is that those who did pay that price would most likely stand here today and tell you that although the price was high, the price was also right. It was not too high, as long as you enjoy the freedoms for which the price was paid. The price was not too high as long as liberty remains. In the famous words of that great patriot, Patrick Henry, many have cried out, give me liberty or give me death. And many have taken death so that we can enjoy right. liberty. Memorial Memorial Day is all about those who actually took death to give us liberty. Let me say that one more time. Memorial Day is all about those who actually took death to give us liberty. And so today and this weekend, as we take time to remember those who gave all to give us liberty, I would like to remind all of us of the words of another man who gave all so that many might have liberty. Jesus Christ said in Luke uh, Luke 12, verse 48, the last part of that verse, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Americans, we have been given much. Therefore, much is required of us. Now we must remember. Now we must honor. But beyond Memorial Day, the best way to honor those who gave all is to live in such a way as to be grateful for the things which they have given their all, our freedom and our liberties that we enjoy as a nation. But our responsibility does not end with gratefulness. We must not only be thankful, but we must also do our part to preserve democracy and the liberties therein. There is a document that is perhaps the greatest political document ever written, with the one exception perhaps being the Declaration of Independence. But that made the document called the Constitution of the United States possible. I took an oath when I joined the Army, and although I am no longer a member of the Armed Forces, I remain under oath. I took another very similar oath recently when I became an employee of the Department of Veterans Affairs. Both of these oaths start with these words. I, Lewis Brown, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Mm -hmm. Fellow Americans, I'd like to remind you that I shall remain under this oath for as long as I shall live. But I've got news for you, fellow Americans. I've got news for those of you who live in the country that I live in and enjoy the freedoms that I swore to support and defend. It is not solely the responsibility of those who wear the uniform to support and defend the Constitution. It is every citizen of the United States' responsibility to do whatever we can to support and defend the freedoms and liberties for which those who gave all did so. It is my responsibility, it is your responsibility, to whomsoever much is given, and we have been given much in America, to whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. You, American, you, citizen of the United States, Free man, free woman, you have been given much. Therefore, on this Memorial Day weekend in the year of our Lord 2020, I implore you, first of all, to remember the blood and life given by those who truly gave all. But perhaps even more importantly, I charge you today, in light of the price that was paid by those who gave all, for each and every one of you to stand up and do your part to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Never in my lifetime have I seen the Constitution under attack more prevalently from enemies, both foreign and domestic, than in the times we live today. But it is time that we the people stand up. We have both a civic and a moral responsibility to do so. We owe it to them who gave all to ensure their sacrifices were not in vain. I don't want my children and my grandchildren to grow up in a country without the Constitution as it was intended to be used. So fellow Christian and fellow American, I leave you with two questions of utmost importance in remembrance of those who gave all. The first question is, what can you give? And the second question is, what will you give. Let's enjoy this video by the, I believe, the 42nd president of the United States, President Ronald Reagan.
4: In America's cities and towns today, flags will be placed on graves and cemeteries Public officials will speak of the sacrifice and the valor of those whose memory we honor. I have no illusions about what little I can add now to the silent testimony of those who gave their lives willingly for their country. Words are even more feeble on this Memorial Day, for the sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who, in return, loved their countrymen enough to die for them. Yet we must try to honor them, not for their sakes alone, but for our own. And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men, surely with our actions we must strive to keep faith with them and with a vision that led them to battle and a final sacrifice. Our first obligation to them and ourselves is plain enough The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost, it imposes a burden. And just as they whom we commemorate were willing to sacrifice, so too must we, in a less final, less heroic way, be willing to give of ourselves Each died for a cause he considered more important than his own life. Well, they didn't volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values for which men have always been willing to die if need be. The values which make up what we call civilization. And how they must have wished in all the ugliness that war brings that no other generation of young men to follow would have to undergo that same experience. As we honor their memory today, let us pledge that their lives, their sacrifices, their valor shall be justified and remembered for as long as God gives life to this nation. And let us also pledge to do our utmost to carry out what must have been their wish, that no other generation of young men will ever have to share their experiences and repeat their sacrifice. Earlier today, with the music that we have heard, and that of our national anthem, I can't claim to know the words of all the national anthems in the world, but I don't know of any other that ends with a question and a challenge, as ours does. Does that flag still wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? That is what we must be talking
3: Amen. What a beautiful presentation. We honor all of those that served and gave their life for our country. We are so thankful for that. Let's all stand one more time. We're going to continue in worship this morning to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who gave his life for us that we may be saved. Amen. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. And to being in his presence, to being in his house, to worship him. We are his temple. Amen. Let's worship him in spirit and truth this morning. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing worth more that could ever Jesus, to worship you, to behold your beauty, dear Jesus, in your tabernacle. Oh, Ramosh. You know, it is our job to make sure that we usher in the presence of God, that we protect the presence of God. Oh, Lord Jesus. David talked about being a doorkeeper. A doorkeeper that meant that they make sure that the house of god was always open for worship and praise to make sure that everything was in the right place set for worshiping the lord the utensils that the people were cleansed that that people were able to come in not to let people stay out but to open those doors to let people come in and so we need to be doorkeepers this morning keepers of his presence. I want to be a doorkeeper. I want to usher in the presence of God. I want to make sure that I let others in so that they can also experience the presence of God. Jesus, Jesus, we assure you in this morning, you are welcome here, Jesus. We don't take it for granted, Lord Jesus. We don't take your presence for granted. Help us to never take it for granted. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's sing this together. Hallelujah.
1: the measurements of the of the temple that Solomon built and it occurred to me that the wingspan of the cherubim that covered the mercy seat that sat in the Holy of Holies was the entire width of that holy place the Holy of Holies And the thought came to my mind, and I feel like I need to share it with you this morning. There is not a place in the presence of God where we are not covered by His wings. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the psalmist said. Ah, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're covered. When you're in the presence of the Lord, you're protected. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. When I'm in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy, there's pleasures evermore. When I'm in the presence of the Lord, there is nothing that can come against me that, that will be able to form, a weapon that will form, that will be able to prosper against me. He will cover me with his wings and with his feathers. He will keep, he will surround me, he will, he will protect me.
5: Oh, ya svoya sheya Oh, oh jesus oh, praise you, Lord. oh thank you, jesus you
1: In this time, whenever this happens, we may be praying for the interpretation. <laughs> the lord is just trying to tell us that he's got us covered. <laughs> he's got us covered in his wings. He's got us covered in his presence. The psalmist goes on to write in the verse 4 of Psalm 91 that his promises, his faithful promises are our armor and protection. and protection, you can trust Him. You can trust the Lord. In your situation right now, you can trust the Lord. In your problems, you can trust the Lord. In whatever circumstance you find yourself, you can trust the Lord. Think about it. He loves you with an everlasting love. He stretched his arms. And he took the stripes for our healing. And he let him drive nails into his hands and into his feet. Because he loves us. You can trust him. Amen. You can trust him as small. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. At this time, we're going to take up our offering. We're going to move on. There's a, such a powerful and awesome presence of the Lord that is in the place right now. And so there are offering baskets that are set up, one over here on this side in the front row and one over here on this side in the front row so that you can come out, give your offering, um, and we can still practice social distancing and do what we need to do. Let's pray over our offering, and we're going to turn it over to Pastor. I believe God is going to absolutely speak to us this morning. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would bless this offering to the upbuilding of our kingdom. Bless those who give according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Would you come and give this morning?
6: praised. God is great in my soul. God is great, greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. He's my rock. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. The bright and morning star. Thank you, Jesus. till he comes. Let's praise the Lord together. Jesus, we give glory and honor. We are so thankful for your presence. We're thankful that we could be here in your house, Jesus. Thank you for those that are joining us online as well. Amen. Let's just pray if you you would, and I'm going to read the scripture that I have in a few moments, but let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you've allowed us this privilege on this day to worship you, to glorify you. Thank you for this Memorial Day weekend, and we ask that you bless people with rest and peace. We ask that you would be with us during this message today. Touch those that are here in the sanctuary and those that are listening online as well in the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, uh, how many of you know someone? I know this might be a little bit of a stretch, but how many of you know someone who is stubborn, My wife raised her hand. She's not referring to me, just so you know. But how how many of you – now, here's another one. How many of you are stubborn? All right. (laughs) There's a few honest people out there. I can't see anybody in the audience, obviously, in the online audience is waving. But, uh, uh, you know, this morning the Lord uh, brought to my attention actually – a little while ago, the Lord brought this idea to my mind, but wanted me to preach it for this morning. Uh, and there's a king in the Old Testament, his name is Ahaz. Ahaz was king of Judah for about 20 years, When, uh, from the time he began to be king until, uh, until his kingship ended. It was about 20 years. In Second Chronicles, we're going to be reading some verses here in just a few moments, in 2 Chronicles chapter 28. Uh, but in verse 1, we're not going to read that. It talks about how that Ahaz did not do that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Again, it says he did not do that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And, and uh, uh, so we'll be reading different scriptures in just a moment. But the very next verse, that was verse 1. Verse 2 talks about how uh, that uh, he did evil and ungodly things. It kind of spells some of those things out. In the third verse, uh, besides the pagan worship and all of the things that he did, he actually sacrificed his own children to false gods. Again, and that's verse 3. I'll probably cover that a little bit later. In verse 5, the Lord delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria, and uh, even the king of Israel fought against him, uh, as did other kings and other nations. So, Foreign nations took captives of, and spoil out of Judah, and now, with that in mind, without foundation, let's look at Second Chronicles chapter eighteen. I'm sorry, chapter twenty-eight, and verse sixteen. We're going to start reading there, and it says, "At that time, did King Ahaz send unto the kings of Assyria to help him?" That was a time when many nations would hire. Uh, warriors, uh, soldiers from other nations, and uh, then they would pay them to come and fight for them, and that's what was happening here. For again, the Edomites had come, this is verse uh, 17, for again, the Edomites had come and smitten Judah and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the low country and uh, and of the south of Judah and had taken Beshemesh and Agilon and Gerdoth and Succo S- 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 K- oh, uh, with villages thereof. Sorry, Sister Ellen. And Timna with the villages thereof. G- 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 Gimzo. They should change some of these names to like New Britain and Torrington and Wethersfield. And, you know, anyhow. Uh, also, the villages thereof that, and they that dwell uh, there. Verse 19 is very key. For the Lord brought Judah low. Because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. And then till pil somebody that should change his name, king of Assyria came unto him and distressed him, but strengthened him not. For Ahaz, notice this. For Ahaz took away a portion out of the house of the Lord and out of the house of the king and of the princes and gave it unto the king of Assyria, but he helped him not. Verse 22, And in the time of distress, very key here. You might want to underline this in your Bible. Verse 22, and in the time of distress he did trespass yet more against the lord that's called a pregnant pause okay i wanted to drive this point home and in the time of distress he did trespass yet the more yet more against the lord this is that King Ahaz. For he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which smote him. And he said, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, therefore will I sacrifice unto them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him in Israel. I'm going to read more in just a moment, but that also caught my attention. It really uh arrested my attention this morning when i read it again it says for he sacrificed unto the gods of damascus which smote him in other words the the nations in and around damascus uh they they came against ahaz they came against the uh, the children of judah to fight against him and they were successful and in their success ahaz the king of judah said, well, because of their success, I'm going to sacrifice to their gods. you can begin to see the depth of despair that this man is in. In verse 24, And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God and shut the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem. So this is showing a man that uh, has no, no real compassion to serve God whatsoever. And when things start going south, when things start going against him, then he pushes back against the Lord even harder in his stubbornness, and he says, you know what? I'm going to even take the vessels of the house of God. I'm going to cut them in pieces and send them away. And he says, I'm going to build altars all around Jerusalem. These weren't altars to, the, to Jehovah. Verse 25, it says, And in every several city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense unto other gods and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. From these portions of Scripture, I want to preach from this title this morning, The Sin of Stubbornness. The Sin of Stubbornness. Ahaz, to say the least, he was a wicked man. Not only did he do many evil things and even sacrificed his own children to try to get favor of the false gods, there is a message I believe that the Lord wants me to talk about today, and I hope that somehow I can relate it. Over his 16 years of reigning as King uh, king and went, it went from bad to years, actually it was 20 years so over 20 years of reigning, as king it went from bad to worse, but what caught my attention was this in Second Chronicles twenty-eight, twenty-two it says, and in the time of distress did he trespass yet the more against the Lord. This is that King Ahaz. So now when most people Uh, understand that they have done something wrong when most people I I hope you're listening to me when most people hear through the preaching of the word of God or or of the written word of God that they have done something wrong uh, most people will attempt to get right with God Do you know what I mean this morning? Uh, Most of us, if we hear that we've done wrong, will repent. Uh, We will seek after God, and we will seek uh, to get closer to Him, not to push away. From God, Uh, but there is that sin of stubbornness uh, when the preacher preaches or when the Word of God preaches to us uh, and we say, I will not listen to it, and we push back away from God. Uh, That is the sin of stubbornness uh, and it can destroy people. Amen. I hope you're not going to get quiet on me this morning. I know there's only a handful, actually, more than a handful of us here today, and we're going to get back into. Uh, getting into regular services like we we had in the past as far as getting together. But but let's respond to the Word of God this morning. And I didn't have this in this lineup, in this order, but I, I'm thinking of a scripture in 1 Samuel 15, 23. I have it later on in the message. But it says this, For sin, or for rebellion, is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because... Uh, because there th- th- thou hast rejected the word of the Lord and hath rejected uh, and I have rejected thee or he hath rejected thee from being king. But this is very important when you read that scripture and they do have it up. Amen. Uh, actually no they don't have it up yet but uh, uh, and I didn't ask for it. but in second Samuel 15:23 notice what it says for rebellion, is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, if you have a Bible that has the italicized letters is as, what that basically means is that the interpreters added those words in there. So the original basically said this, rebellion for rebellion is witchcraft it didn't say is as it said for rebellion is witchcraft and then it goes on and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry so if the bible says that stubbornness is sin uh, now when i I say this i'm not saying all stubbornness is sin sometimes stubbornness is good but stu- a stubbornness that is sin is that stubbornness that pushes God away and pushes God out of your life when God is trying to reach you, when God is trying to touch you, when God is trying to talk to you, and you push Him away. In the time of distress, in the time of trouble, you don't get closer to God, you push away from God. When you lose someone that you love uh, and you push away from God because uh, you somehow think that He is the one that is His fault. Uh, it's him that caused it to happen it's that type of stubbornness that will destroy you I hope somebody's going to listen to the preacher today because God sent me up with a message this morning uh, and to preach about uh, the sin of stubbornness would somebody say amen Praise God. I believe the Lord wants to talk to us. Uh, So again, to say this, when most people, when God talks to most people and convinces them or convicts them of sin, uh, they, they embrace it. They say, God, uh, I want you to forgive me. I want you to wash me. I want you to cleanse me. But then there's some of those people that will put their hands on their proverbial hips uh, and say, how dare you call me out? When we see something in God's Word that we are doing wrong, those that want to do right by the Lord will get right with Him. But those that want to have their stiff neck and square back their shoulders and fight against God, you can only fight against so long because eternity is on its way. You're not going to live forever forever. And so you can fight against God if you want, but one day you're going to leave this life and go into eternity. And it's either going to be eternity with Him because you have respected and honored Him and repented, or it's going to be uh, an eternity without Him. And the choice is absolutely yours. But who... For a moment, thinking of Ahaz, who in their right mind would sacrifice their children to a false god? I can't even imagine that. There's a message, an entire message in that that I guess I could preach, but that's for another time. But what kind of a dad or a mom could ever sacrifice their children? Ahaz, in his distress. He sinned more against the Lord, not less. In his distress, he pushed further away from God and was not getting closer to the Lord. I'd ask you today, where are you in your walk with God? Many of us are going through distress. I understand that I'm not trying to diminish that at all. Some of you are having a hard time making ends meet. Some of you are working less hours. Some of you are working no hours some of you are so paranoid about what's going on you 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 barely go out your front door because of of, of, of the paranoia of all that's going on and I'm not trying to uh, in any way uh, you know harm your feelings but I want you to understand something there comes a time of distress that comes upon us uh, and, and whether it's a pandemic like what we're going through right now or, or distress of nations that may come uh, we have a choice to get closer to God or push further away from God and Ahaz pushed further away from God but I choose to get closer to him would you clap your hands to the Lord the Lord wanted me to tell you that whatever you're going through right now this is not the time to push further away from the Lord I think you need to hear that. Whatever you're going through right now, this is not the time to push further away from the Lord. Uh, This isn't time to stop listening to or coming to church. Uh, It's the time to pour ourselves into it. Uh, This isn't the time to stop preaching the Word of God. Uh, It's time to preach it more than we've ever preached it before. Uh, This is a time of distress, I understand. Uh, But I also believe that God is able to do amazing things amongst us. In this time. In 2 Samuel 22 and 7, it says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about uh, because in your distress you have been calling upon the Lord uh, and you cried unto Him uh, and not only did He hear your voice uh, but He came uh, and His presence came and began to wash over you. Is there anybody here today or anybody that's listening online you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Amen. You've fallen upon your knees. You've fallen upon your face before God and God's presence ushered in. And you felt the Holy Ghost. You felt the holy power of a great and awesome God that ushered in as God somehow began to dry away your tears and let you know that I am here in your time of distress. Psalm 4 4 and verse 1 says, "Hear Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me Notice this, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me, here, my prayer. What he said was this, thou hast enlarged me. What seemed like it was going to push me down has somehow opened up the windows of heaven. What seemed like it was going to hem me in or close me away has now opened an opportunity. I wouldn't have thought this, Brother Brown, I wouldn't have thought this, that when they said we got to stop having. Having church and close our doors and can't have church like normal. I was thinking it could ruin the church. Uh, it could destroy the work of God. It could set it back for years. Uh, but God opened up the windows of heaven, uh, and I was amazed. Uh, we were only about two weeks into doing our live stream services uh, when Brother Brown, I believe it was, or Marie, I, I think it was one of them, had told me that we had over eight thousand people that had viewed our online stream services in uh, just. Just a matter of a couple, two or three weeks. God has enlarged us. Amen. It may not seem like that right now, but there's people all over the world that are hearing the apostolic truth, not only through our church and others. What the devil did to try to push the church down, said Ah, uh-uh. God said, I'm going to enlarge you. Uh, what you think you're going to do to stop it? I'm going to open it up, and it's going to go a different way. But it's still going to happen. Amen. Great things are going to happen. People are still going to be baptized, still receive the Holy Ghost, still be saved, and miracles are still going to be done. Devil, you can't shut up the church. Go ahead and try all you want, but you can't shut our mouth. You can't shut the testimony of the people of God. The church is marching forward. We're going to continue to prosper. God is going to enlarge us. Oh, somebody go ahead and praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Most people, listen to this again, most people, when they're in distress, get closer to God. Most people, when they're in distress, get closer to God because they realize He's our help. He's the one that can get us through our situation. He's the healer. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our strength. He's our miracle worker. But it's those people then that when in distress, you push back against God. You're the people I'm preaching to today. And I know some well, <laughs> I said, I, I know some. Psalm 18 and 6 says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him into his ears. Psalm one eighteen five and 6 I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. I'm about to step on somebody's toes. You know, we're living in a time that, yes, we need to do our best to stay safe. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, I I, I believe somewhat <laughs> in some of the social dis- distancing member, uh, you know, uh, uh, things that they're asking us to do, and I, I have, oh, I thought it was back there, I've got my mask right here, okay, I'm not going to wear it while I'm preaching, all right, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so I got my mask, and I do most of that stuff, but I will say that I'm still, I'm a child of God, and And even if I was to get sick, I believe God's hand can still be upon me. Now, that being said, I want you to think for just a moment. I hadn't planned on saying this. But how many leprous people did Jesus lay his hands on? I'm not saying we should be foolish, all right? But how many people did, how many... I mean, incredibly sick people did Jesus lay His hands on and saw them healed. What I'm saying is this: when God tells us to do something, we better do it. I think uh, that that's going to go south really quick, so I think I need to move on. And some in Psalm 120. In verse 1, it says, In my distress, this is David, In my distress I called unto the Lord, and he heard me. In Luke 21, starting at 25, it says, And there shall be, and this is talking about our day, by the way, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity. I underlined that. I highlighted that in my notes. Distress of nations with perplexity. If that isn't the moment in which we're living, then I don't know what is. The sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Somebody needs to look up and lift up your heads for your redemption. Drop nigh. That word distress in Scripture means to preoccupy. It means to afflict. It also means anxiety and distress. It means sickly or sickness. So when you talk about distress of nations, it talks about sickness, sick, sickly, distress, anxiety, all those things. It names it. But when it names it, it says, when that time comes, look up. Don't look down. Look up. Pick up your head and look up for your redemption is drawing nigh. In other words... When you're in distress, look up because Jesus is going to come. And he's going to come right alongside of you. And he's going to put your arm around you. And he's going to love on you. And he's going to help you. And he's going to guide you and distress you. Uh, And look up and have faith uh, because God is going to minister to you. I understand to get all the precautions that we need to take. And you can yell at me later if you want. But this is a time of distress, isn't it? Or once one person says, yes, I think I might have a Baptist knot out there somewhere. It's a time of distress. It's hard to shut out the negative voices. You know, I I, I do, I listen, uh, a lot of times when I listen to the radio, I'll listen to talk shows. But the negativity that is coming out, and I especially feel bad for those of you that are in the medical field. You're getting bombarded from everywhere. Everybody's telling you how bad it is. Everybody, and some of it is true, and some of it may be exaggeration. Don't shoot the messenger. But what I'm trying to say is you're constantly bombarded with all of that negativity, And it's creating distress in your heart and in your life and maybe even in your family. It's hard to shut out all of those negative voices. That constant voice of distress, the bad news all the time. But the Lord sent me with a message to remind you, lift up your head because the Lord is trying nigh. Lift up your head and look for the Lord. Now I want to show you something here that the Lord revealed to me again the other day in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 11 through 13. It says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless afterward. What the Lord brought my attention to was that, that part that says, nevertheless afterward. It yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the heads, lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees. Notice again, and I'm going to go back to it. Says, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth a peaceable fruit. So it talks about that chastening time or that distressful time, that grievous time. Nevertheless, afterward, that nevertheless means in spite of. Are you still here on the preacher this morning? In spite of the stress, in spite of the tribulation, in spite of the trial, in spite of the chastening or what you're going through right now, nevertheless, or in spite of that, what he's saying is don't look at that and focus on only that. Because in spite of that, he is going to yield a fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up your hands that hang down. Instead of walking around in the mully grubs all the time. I don't know if, if, if mully grubs is in the dictionary or not, but that's an old word from a long time ago. You might need to tell your kids what that means. Uh, you know, the, the, Anybody know what the mully grubs? Anybody ever hear about mully grubs? You know, the mully grub. I don't even know really what it means. But anyhow, Mully Grubs is just kind of walking around like you're, uh, you know, just going through it and going through the wringer and all of that. But it says, Wherefore, lift up your hands which hang down. And your feeble knees, in other words, begin to raise up your hands to the God of gods and the King of kings. And give him glory and praise and honor. Lift up your hands, uh, amen, lift up your knees, it says. Wherefore, lift up your hands which hang down in your feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Uh, lest that which is lame is turned out of the way, but it rather rather be healed so what he's saying is lift up your hands that hang down raise your hands and praise to our king of kings and he said make your path straight don't keep wandering this way and that way keep serving the Lord keep following the Lord keep seeking after the Lord make your path straight in other words make up your mind I'm going to serve God even in distress I'm going to serve him I'm going to commit my ways to the Lord and Nothing is going to dissuade me from that. I gave this illustration the other day, and I, I, I like it. I've used it a couple of times. I remember hearing about a college many years ago uh, that it, it, it added some new buildings to its property on its campus. And rather than put, put in um, uh, the, the, you know, the, in, in, instead of placing in sidewalks, between the buildings, somebody, the engineer, actually decided it's a better idea rather than us tell these kids, these young people, where they need to walk. Let's let them tell us where we need to put the sidewalks. Have you ever seen a place where they have sidewalks, but nobody uses them? It's like there's a better place to go a better direction to get you where you're wanting to go. Many times when they do these things, they want these beautiful sidewalks and they want them meandering all here and there. And, and if you're going to college, you just want to get from point A to point B. You want to get from this class to that class. You don't want to just meander through the woods and over the hills and the grandmother's house you go and all of that. You know, you don't want any of that. You just want to get from point A to point B. And so they decided rather than put in sidewalks, uh, we're going to just let it we're going to plant grass, and we're going to just start having college. We're going to start having classes. And what happened is ruts were made in the grass where the where the students wanted to get from one building to the next building to the next building. And then they came in, uh, and they dug out those areas and placed sidewalks where they were already going to walk. Uh, I don't know if you get the idea of what I'm trying to say, but there's no sense in having a sidewalk uh, Where no one is going to go and when it comes to the child of God and their walk with the Lord amen it makes no sense to just wander around make your path straight the Bible says lift up your hands and raise your voice unto the Lord and make your commitment unto the Lord the Bible talks about this is that Ahaz he is the one that not only starts out wrong but then worst he gets worse after the distress Uh, this is not a time somebody needs to hear me i believe somebody needs to hear this that's online Uh, this is not the time to walk away from god Uh, this is the time to get closer to him this is the time uh, to make your path straight amen now notice this prayer will either make men stop sinning or sin will make men stop praying People who do not believe in prayer will make an exception when tragedy strikes. How many people say they don't believe in God, but when tragedy strikes, all of a sudden they're praying. Prayer asks for rain, but faith carries an umbrella. Amen, somebody. This is a time of distress, And in that time of distress, it will either cause us or pull us closer towards God, or it will cause you to get further away from God. My question to you is, which direction are you going? Now, I have had the great privilege and also the great distress of doing many, many, many hours of counseling and talking to people. Much of the time, it is wonderful and enjoyable and productive and helpful, and I like it. But there are those times when I go to counsel somebody, and it's like preaching to a cement wall. I give advice. I say, this is what the Bible says you should do. This is what I recommend. And I can tell they're not receiving it. Now, I don't have to be some kind of mental giant to tell that they're not receiving it, but when their eyes start glossing over, when they start nodding out a little bit after 15 minutes of a conversation, or they're smiling at you and they're nodding your head, but you know in your spirit they're not hearing a word of what I'm saying. When they walk, Brother Brown, when they walk out the door, they're going to keep doing what they were doing before. They're not going to listen to any of the advice. Listen, not that I'm a... Listen, I, I'm not trying to even somehow insinuate that all my advice is the right advice. But I do try to pray, and I do, do try to listen to the Lord. And if the Lord tells me something, I'm going to tell you what the Lord tells me. And I'm going to try to do my best by you as best as I can with all of, any of the knowledge that God has given me. But sometimes you know, sometimes you absolutely know... Thus saith the Lord, if you will do this, uh, everything will be all right. And they're kind of nodding their head and smiling real big, and you know in your spirit they're going to go right out and keep doing it. Anyhow, maybe I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) So when we pray, we need to pray through and get through our situations, our doubts, our fears, our anxieties. When it is the hardest to pray, we should pray the hardest. We can't expect a million-dollar answer to a five-cent prayer. And somebody needs to hear the preacher. Preacher. Anything worth worrying about is worth praying about. I got an uh huh. (laughs) Now, let me speak to the person that's worrying because the Lord wanted me to say to you worry is more of a flesh thing and less of a faith thing. The Bible says to trust in the Lord and lean not unto your own understanding. How in the world? If you think about where we're at right now, in fact, I'll tell you—I'll be real honest. For years, I would say we're—we're—we're we're, we're not going to video our services. We're not going to do live streaming. We're not going to do any of that because it's going to become more like a production and less like church. For years, I said that, and then the Lord said, "Shut up! I'm doing something." <laughs> and so. And even Brother Brown and I were talking the other day, yeah, we're going to keep live streaming, but we're going to do it in a way that it's not going to be a production. If it becomes a production, guess what? I'm going to shut that thing off. I'll send it to somebody else that will use it. But uh, what I'm trying to say is this, uh, that we've got to have church, uh, apostolic, born-again, Holy Ghost-filled church. Uh, We've got to be able to worship and shout and jump and dance and run. Uh, We've got to be able to not worry about what we're preaching about. Uh, We're going to preach the unadulterated Word of God, uh, and now it's going to a broader audience. Uh, But please understand us, Uh, it's not going to be perfect uh, because church is never perfect. I'm not in this for a show, and I'm thankful to work with people that are the same of the same mindset. And so worry is more of a flesh thing and less of a faith thing. And courage is fear that prayed through. Did you hear that? Courage is fear that prayed through. If you can't sleep at night, don't count sheep, talk to the shepherd. I want you to hear this. You might want to write this down. This is worthy of posting on Facebook, all right? Remember, God's answers are wiser than your prayers. All right, somebody's writing it down, so I'm going to say it again. Remember, God's answers are wiser than your prayers. Now, I, I love this. Don't ever forget, it was the angel that brought Peter out of the prison, but it was prayer that brought the angel. Amen, somebody. (laughs) I know Sister Deborah's out there saying, preach it, Pastor. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. I am so thankful for all that she does to help us stay praying. I, I am so thankful for that. Now, I hope that you know that God has the solution planned before you ever know you even have a problem. All right. Now I want you to read, if if you can, if you have your Bible, read this with me in Psalm ninety-one verses one through eleven. It will be on the screen. In Psalm ninety-one, one through eleven, notice what it says: "He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." Isn't that what you were referring to earlier, Brother Brown? He didn't know it was in my notes. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Somebody needs to pray these verses. Somebody needs to pray them right back to the Lord. Uh, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Uh, my God in Him will I trust. Uh, surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fire. And from the noisome pestilence, Uh, he shall... Cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings uh, shalt thou trust. Uh, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou hast not been afraid, uh, or thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence with walketh in darkness, nor in the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, uh, but it shall not Come nigh thee. I love verse 8. Only with thine eyes shall thou see. Amen. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy refuge, even most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give Give his angels charge over thee and keep thee in all thy ways. I need to remind every child of God that he has dispatched an angel to help with your protection. He has dispatched angels to help you and walk alongside you. If you would ever somehow be able to open your eyes and see how many times God has protected you from evil, you would be thankful. And the honest truth is this. We complain about all the negative stuff that happens, uh, but if we could somehow know all the negative stuff that didn't happen because God said, no, I'm not going to let that happen. No, I'm not going to let that happen. No, you can't have access to him. No, you can't have access to her. When God said, uh-uh, no way, You're my child can't handle that right now. They're not strong enough for that right now. Uh, so he held back the enemy. He held back Back the force and said you have no access to them right now. Understand that the things he has allowed through is only because he knows that you can handle it and you will get through it. Come on, somebody, go ahead and praise the Lord. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. He is able to help us. He is well able to protect us. Even when that noisome pestilence comes against us, he can lift up a standard and say, my child will be protected in a time when everyone else is in distress. Go ahead and praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now, let me get back for a few moments. Look at how low Ahaz had stooped. Amen. In 2 Chronicles 28, 24, And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars. In every corner of Jerusalem, he closed the house of God. He took the furniture and the chairs, and he took all the the utensils and everything, and he cut them up. When he should have been seeking after God, when distress came his way instead of seeking after God, it's almost like he squared his shoulders and said, okay, God, it's you and me. And not in a good sense. It's almost like he said, God, you push me and I'm pushing back. I know some people like that. And when, you see, when it seems like God is pushing you, you're pushing back. But you don't understand when you push against God, you're pushing against yourself. When you're pushing against the answer giver, you're pushing against the answer. And so when we realize that and understand I've got to stop pushing against God and reach for him in distress not push against him or back away from him. He he took the items that were dedicated to God into the temple and cut them up. My question is, what things in your life have you dedicated to God that are no longer dedicated to God? Are you understanding me? What kind of things have you given to God at one time in your walk with Him? They were dedicated and consecrated to Him, but they are no longer given to Him. What things did you one time say, I will never do, that you're doing today? What things have you said I am going to give maybe it's your tithing or coming to church or whatever it might be you said I'm going to give my days I'm going to give my time to the Lord I'm going to give prayer time to the Lord I'm going to pray at least a half hour a day or an hour a day I'm going to pray first thing in the morning and when you are in a time of distress like you're in right now it's like you backed up and said well I'm really not sure that that commitment is what I really should have made don't ever give so Something to God and take it back uh, that's called an Indian giver and so he, he took those things that were dedicated to God and cut them up destroyed them and then he shut the house of God if this pandemic has taught us anything it's taught us this that this building is not the end all this building is not the church It is a building, and thank God for it. But you ought to be able to have church at home and in your car and in your place of work. You ought to be the church at home and in your car and in your place of work. You ought to be the church in the neighborhood. The day may come when they padlock these doors and don't even allow us unto, onto the property. Are we going to just walk away from the Lord and say, all right, that was it. I guess, you know, it was fun while we while we were doing it, uh, but I guess I can't serve the Lord anymore. No, no, no. If that's where you're at right now, you're not even close to where you need to be in your relationship with God. You ought to be able to serve the, serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, uh, whether we have a building to serve him in or not. Uh, you ought to be able to worship the Lord and give him glory no matter what's going on around you, when it seems like hell is fighting you over time, and it seems like every enemy is coming against you, and everything is, oh my, 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 my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, when it feels like everything is pressuring down upon you, that's not the time to push away from God, it's the time to embrace Him. Oh, go ahead and worship the Lord. Uh, Somebody needs to understand this. Uh, When the enemy shuts the house of God, we're still going to be the church. Maybe I just need to say it like this. Uh, we got to stop whining and start praising. My, 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 Jesus. We need to praise our way to victory. Praise God when it gets hard. When it gets difficult, don't go further away from God. Get closer to Him. Is there anybody today that needs to get closer to Him? I certainly know that's me. And in James chapter 4 and verse 8, the first part of that says, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. When you feel distressed and overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. Lead me to God. That's what this world is crying out. Lead me to God. Lead me to God. In the name of Jesus in the time of distress that's close that's a time to get closer to god and i want to say this humility reminds us that we need god i need god Without him, I am nothing. And I believe I'm speaking for all of us and to all of us uh, when I say I need God every day. I need God every day. I need his strength. Uh, I need his patience. I need his love. I need his understanding. I need his guidance. Uh, I can't do it alone. Uh, And I need my brothers and sisters, by the way, when I see the encouraging words in the live stream. Uh, Sometimes when I've been watching the live stream, I'm peeking at the words uh, uh, that people are staying, saying, uh, putting in such awesome comments and great things. Uh, I'm thinking like that's the body of Christ. Uh, the body of Christ, we lift each other up. Uh, we strengthen each other. We say amen to one another. We say that's a great message. Uh, I appreciate uh, amen. so many of the devotions that have been going out. Uh, man, you guys are awesome. Uh, it's amazing to see God use you. Uh, and I'm thankful it does doesn't have to be me all the time not that I'm lazy or anything like that but you have as much to share as I do and you have as much of a calling on your life as I have and I'm thankful that your light is shining that's an awesome thing can we give a round of applause to all those that are helping amen and doing devotions they're awesome people Amen. So, so, so notice this, and I'm going to bring this to a close in a little bit. Uh, but stubborn people want to do it on their own. <laughs> stubborn people want to do it on their own. Some of you have some stubborn kids. You tell them, go clean your room, and they look at you like, make me. Maybe there's some of those kids here today. Your kids know you better than you know yourself. They know when you ask them to do something the first time, you're going to say it. And then the next time, you're going to raise your voice a little bit louder. And the next time, it's going to get a little more intense. And they you see that they know you so good they think, okay, I I can wait until they tell me four times before I gotta do what they're gonna tell me to do. Maybe I only had kids like that. But they know you. (laughs) Oh Lord, I'm getting in trouble. And so 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 it comes to that point. When Mama's veins are popping out in her forehead and her ears are bright red, <laughs> so I see some ladies covering up their faces with masks right now. No, I'm just kidding, but they—they they know. They know. Sometimes they even know when you're not going to back up your threats, anyhow. My mama used to say i'm going to knock you into next week. How do you knock somebody into next week? Is that even possible?' going <laughs> knock you into next week. <laughs> There's quite a few things i that I could say that she said that are x rated and so I can't say those, <laughs> maybe not quite x rated but certainly not appropriate for the pulpit, <laughs> you know and say you're dumber than a rock and stuff like that. That's not one of the bad ones. But, you know, anyhow, you understand what I'm talking about. When, when, when we, know, we know and kids sometimes know how many buttons they can push until that last button. And so they're pushing every button, and then they know, okay, now i got to do what they said that they told me to do because if I don't now, I'm going to get in trouble But we are like that sometimes when it comes to our walk with God. We, We push his buttons and we push back against him and we know what we need to do. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. And so we push and push. And Ahaz was that type of person that not only pushed, but he pushed so hard that he pushed God right out of his life. In Proverbs 29, it says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. It's that person that hardens our heart towards God. He that being often reproved or corrected hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed in other words when that time when god was trying to talk to you and trying to get through to you there comes a time when god says they're on their own in jeremiah 7:23 through 24 it says But this thing commandeth I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. But, verse 24, but they hearkened not, nor inclined their ears, but walked in the counsels, and in the imaginations of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. Do you hear me? They went backwards and not forwards. They walked away and not towards God. And then Second Peter 2 and 10, it says, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lusts of uncleanness and despise governments. Or government. And if you study that out, government means leadership or lordship. They despise leadership. They despise lordship. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. When I was a kid, I didn't dare talk back to my mom. I mean, the times that I did, I learned really quick that that's not such a good idea all right i realize and you know in our day there's not much corporal punishment going on but if i back talked talked my mom she back talked my faith face sometimes it was with the back hand sometimes it was with the forehand sometimes it was anyhow both yeah you know, even when I was a teenager and, and I, or approaching the teenage years, my mom was a strong lady when she went to hit me in the rear and she'd lift me right off the ground. Wham! Anyhow, that wasn't in my notes. But... It says, despise governments, or they despise lordship. Presumptuous are they? 1 Samuel 15, 23. It says, For, for rebellion is as, or notice, remember what I said earlier about the uh, uh, the italicized words there. So it what this really means is rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is the iniquity and idolatry, or is iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and he of course, it's speaking of date uh, uh, of um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Saul. <laughs> so, but but what it, what it's saying here? Yes, talking to Saul. Thank you, sister. Rome, but stubbornness is when we refuse to let anything or anyone influence you towards God. But there's two kinds of stubbornness. There's that stubbornness that you will not let anything push you away from God, and that. Stubbornness that says anything could push me away from God. And in Acts 7, verse 51, it says, You stiff necked and uncircumcised of heart and ears. This is Stephen. He was preaching. And as he was preaching, he said to them, You stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. That was the last straw. If you will read the verses after that, it says they gnashed on him with their teeth. Brother Brown, amen, Brother Valdez. Imagine we're preaching the word of God and we're preaching it correct and the right way. And they come up and start biting us. And that's what was happening. They gnashed on He was preaching the truth. He said, you are a stiff-necked, rebellious people. And they got so angry that they began to gnash on him, the Bible says, with their teeth. They threw him out of the city, and then they stoned him to death, all because they had rebelliousness in their hearts, and they would not hear the Word of God. Amen. As our musicians come this morning, I just want to ask you what kind of person are you are you the stubborn person that says I will not walk away from God and when he calls upon me I'm going to answer and I'm going to seek his face or are you that stubborn person that says when God pushes I'm pushing back when things happen that are negative in my life I'm going to walk away from God and not towards God Can you stand with me this morning And those of you that are listening online, if you could stand. We need to talk to the Lord this morning. When God tells us to change something, are you the kind of person that says, change me, Lord. Remake me, mold me, shape me, change my life. Or are you the type of person that says, don't tell me what to do. It's called the sin of stubbornness. The Jewish people in that city got so mad at Stephen. How dare you? How dare you call us stiff-necked? How dare you call us stubborn and rebellious? We'll show you. I want to remind somebody this morning, don't push away from God. Let Him pull you towards Himself. When he has the preacher or teacher or someone tell you something that you need to hear, it's not time for you to kick back against God. It's time for you to embrace him and be thankful that he wants you to be saved. The Bible says we're saved by the foolishness of preaching. I believe God wants to talk to us today. For those that are in the sanctuary, the altar's open. The sin of stubbornness. God, I want you to talk to us, Lord. And Brother Brown is going to come. He's going to lead us in the altar call. We do have spaces that are marked apart here. So you can come and pray if you're here in this sanctuary. And he'll instruct you as well. If you want special prayer, you can ask for it. But I'm going to turn it over to Brother Brown. Let's pray together, church. Let's let God talk to us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: If you are in the sanctuary and you'd like to come forward, there's some dots on the ground there. that You can can come to those spots and kneel down or stand or whatever you want to do in those areas. Um, Just kind of stick to that area. If you do want special prayer, if you would like for someone to... One of the ministers to lay hands and pray for you, then you can just come and find one of us and let us know. Otherwise, you can pray right, right where you're at or wherever the case may be. But let's just, whatever we're, wherever we're at, whatever our feelings are right now, what a clarion call for us to stay in a place of obedience to the Lord. So let's just pray right now, Jesus forgive me for any stubbornness I may have in my heart. Lord, I don't want to be like Ahaz get further away from you when I get in times of distress. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to be like Adam that hid himself in the garden when he heard the voice of the Lord. Like Saul that rejected the word of God and lost his kingdom. Lord, forgive me for having a stubborn heart. Oh, Jesus, help me to have a tender heart towards you. Let me have my ear turned toward you toward your voice, oh God, always inclined to hear you. You access to every part of my life tonight. (laughs) Help me not be stubborn. Except to stubbornly hang on to your word. Except to stubbornly walk in your ways. Except to stubbornly do what you have told me to do. To stubbornly offer praise, even when my circumstances and situations don't equate to it. If I'm going to be stubborn, let me be stubborn in my praise. If I'm going to be stubborn, let me be stubborn in my prayer. If I'm going to be stubborn, let me be stubborn in my obedience, oh God. If I'm going to be stubborn, let me be stubborn in my perseverance and trials, God. If I'm gonna be stubborn, let me be stubborn and raising my family, God, to serve you. If I'm gonna be stubborn, Lord, let me be stubborn in my holiness. If I'm gonna be stubborn, God, let me be stubborn in the standards I have I have raised in my life, oh God. If I'm gonna be stubborn, let me be stubborn in the landmarks that have been laid for me in my life. If I'm gonna be stubborn, God, I'm gonna be stubborn for you and not against you. like you Jesus Oh, hallelujah! I'm not gonna back up I'm not gonna back down I'm not gonna sit down I'm not gonna shut up I'm gonna keep preaching the truth I'm gonna keep living my life for you I'm gonna keep spreading the gospel Hallelujah, I'm going to keep living the gospel. Uh, Hallelujah, Lord, you said that you have given unto us a minister of reconciliation, oh God. And I'm going to continue, Lord, to be a vessel, oh God, and a minister of reconciliation, Lord, for all who are willing to be reconciled to you, Lord. You've entrusted me with giftings. You've entrusted me with callings. You've entrusted me with an anointing on my life. You've entrusted me with a special and sacred purpose. God, I will stubbornly cling to your purpose for my life. I will stubbornly cling to the giftings and callings and anointing that you have placed upon me. But I will not be stubborn against you. I will not be stubborn against your word. So Lord, let it be in my heart to say yes to your will and yes to your way. <laughs> when you speak to me, Lord, with my whole heart, I will trust you and obey you. I'll say yes, Lord, to your will. Even if that word that you speak to me as a rebuke, God, I, I'll receive it. I'll receive that chastening, Lord, and I'll let it bring about the peaceable fruit of righteousness in my life. I won't despise your chastening, Lord, but I will receive it and accept it. And let it do the work that you want it to do in me. Because I want to simply be a vessel to be used by you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's sing this song as Sr. Trying to play it right now. I'll, now I'll say yes, Lord, to your will. And yes, Lord to your way. I say. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. Enjoy time with your family. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7:30. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.